Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and all penguins dressing up as nuns for Halloween. It's Thursday at 3 o'clock, and you know what that means? It's tea with BVP. Live from the Michigan State University campus, it's your host, Bill Van Patten, a.k.a. BVP, your international superstar and diva of SLA. With me in the studio are my co-hosts, our very own Olsen twins, Angelica Kramer and Walter Hopkins. This is getting worse every week. What? No. You guys, you kind of look like twins. We do? Aww. You're like... It's like I, the, I'm, so. I like I feel like I'm sitting in an episode of the Patty Duke show right now. It's like <laughs> they walk alike, they talk alike. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> Walter, you're awfully quiet today. You know why you're so quiet? Why am I so quiet? Because it's episode 37 already. You're tired from all these episodes. This is episode 37. I'm speechless. I know. Oh, isn't it crazy. amazing? 37 is a good number. 37 episodes. So when are we going to have our big party when we get to what? You know, the, 44. Those TV shows, one of those TV shows do their big parties that they have a cake and it was an episode, they get like 100th episode or something. Yep. Uh, no, we can't wait that long. How about our 50th? 50th. 50th yep. episode. Agreed. And then we'll have a golden cake. Isn't that going to be like this? Yep. That'll be this academic year, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it. We'll make it to yeah, 50. Yeah, 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 we will. Luke is typing me a message up there. I'm not going to read it out loud. That's a terrible message, Luca. For you in the audience listening, I'm not going to tell you what Luca just typed. Ha, 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 ha. So guess where I'm going? Right after the show, i got to go to the airport to and go get where? on a plane to go to... Where? Minnesota. Minnesota. I'm going to go see Rose Nyland and her family. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to the um, Minnesota... Uh, was it the Minnesota Council on Foreign Language Teaching? Their annual conference. I'm so excited. It's going to be so much fun. Get to see Grant Boulanger. He's going to be there. He's actually picking me up at the airport. So, hey, Grant. Shout out to you right now. See you in a few hours. And uh, so I'm excited about that. And you know what else I'm excited about? What? I get back on Saturday night, so I'll be here for Halloween. Nice. What are you going to dress up as? Uh, Which diva? Uh, myself. No, what? You know, I, when count. I was younger, I was a huge Halloween person. Thing. Fan, uh -huh. fan, okay. whatever yep, the word yep. is. Put, put a noun in there. No, I was, man. It wasn't a Halloween that didn't go by where I didn't throw a party and didn't dress up, didn't go out and do things. As I've gotten older, I realize, you know, I've got to mature and just settle into my diva dumb and, uh, and, and be the respectful, respected. Do you have trick or treaters that come to your door? No, I live in a, I live in a golf course. I saw old people, the retired people and, People my age who are almost retired, <laughs> people who want to be retired. Do you and dress Murphy up? No, I used to. When I lived in in Chicago, we lived in the high rise. We dressed all our dogs up, and we'd go up and down the building, and go trick or treating to all the homes in the building. <laughs> nice. It was fun. That's awesome. Yeah, Murphy's first costume he was a devil dog. He had little horns and a little mm. red cape he wore. He was cute. He was cute. So, are you taking your kids out trick or treating, Walter? Indeed. And what are their costumes this year? Well. <laughs> My son is going to be a soccer player. Mm -hmm. He's going to be. Is he going to be a, a German soccer player? He's going to be a Brazilian soccer player. Mm. Okay. My mommy grew up in Brazil, okay. so that's fine. You know, he'll be Neymar. Mm. And uh, Eliana, for I think the fifth time out of her six <laughs> years of life, is going to be a fairy or nice. something with wings. It hasn't always been a fairy, but it's always something with wings. Good. Ooh. She's been a butterfly and uh, probably a. Princess fairy with wings, and <laughs> I don't know. She always wants something with wings. Well, I, I can relate to that. <laughs> wings are good. Mm -hmm. I'd like to fly away. Last year, you know, she was a bird, but it was a peacock. 
Which is an anomaly, I guess. <laughs> she, she wasn't a fairy. Okay, but. this person is not your daughter. She did not come from your stock. Can you imagine Walter dressing up like a peacock on Galaga? Actually, I can. <laughs> I just, I cannot. Well, can we, I want people to call in today. If you want to see Walter dress up as a peacock, you call in and we'll oh see if my. we can get him to dress up. You're going to get Eliana's costume from last year and yeah, dress up right. as a peacock. And we'll make him dress up as a peacock at Actful. Walter, if you can dress up as a peacock at Actful, I will pay for your next five Actful trips, no matter where they are. Wow. wow. Uh, what do I need to dress up as? <laughs> I'll sign up right now. I know you. You're like me. You'll dress in anything. Oh, as I... man. You're going to be one of the inputs anyway, so I'm going to uh. put you in Gold LeMay shorts and suspenders, so just remember that. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a mermaid or something. <laughs> First the tide rushes in. Plants a kiss on the shore. Nope, no mermaids. Oh, by the way, did you hear that they're remaking Splash? Or they're talking about remaking Splash? But they're going to do the gender flip on it. What? The, <laughs> don't you remember the movie Splash with Tom? God, I'm looking. I'm, who am I We're both looking I should at each know other who saying, I'm talking to in the studio. <laughs> I should know. It was a big movie in the 80s with Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah. I didn't grow up in this country. She's a mermaid, and but she gets legs, and then they fall in love, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's one of those. What's her name? Ariel? No, 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 no. Oh, no. 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 Anyway, so they're going to do a remake, and, they're, and, they're, and they want to gender bend, not gender bend it, but just flip the genders mm-hmm. and have it a merman, and they want Channing Tatum hmm. to play the merman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Splash. I'd yeah. jump in the water for that, let me tell you. La, 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 <laughs> Big splash. La, 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 la. I'd be doing a cannonball in no the ocean for that. I don't know either. But anyway, I said, but no, it's like, God, am I the only one that pays attention to this stuff? Hey, no, I thought I knew today? every Tom Hanks film, but I guess I didn't know that what's one. What's the topic today? Name three Tom Hanks films. Oh, uh, come on Go, now. go, go, uh, go. Forrest Gump. Go. Big. Go. And go. Uh, the, so what's the one that just, go. I just watched go. it? Uh, go. Bridge of Spice. There oh, here you go. Okay. All right. What's the topic today? The topic today. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> God, don't push me on Gallica, you know. <laughs> I'm a donkey on the edge. <laughs> All right. Do you know that movie? Yes, I do. Yay. What's that know movie one. from? Where's that movie? Shrek. Yes. I got a dragon. I ain't afraid to use it. All right. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. The topic today is um, just how different are first language acquisition and second language acquisition. A very important topic. Mm. And uh, so we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, we want to remind everybody about our two challenges. We have what kind of challenge, Angelica? The SLA challenge question. We have the SLA challenge question. What's the other one, Walter? The diva challenge question. The diva challenge question. I will give those questions out in a few minutes. I'll give the SLA one first. And of course, the first person who makes it to the phones calls up Dustin and say, hey, Dustin, put me through to BBP. I want to answer the question and win a prize. That person gets to try to uh, try to answer the question and win that prize. Same for the Diva Challenge question. Uh, I'll read that somewhere by halfway through the show, and then you'll have time to call in and uh, win a prize if you know that answer. I bet both of you can do both of these questions today. Wow. Even Walter. Ooh. Even Walter could do the Diva Challenge <laughs> question today. And, of course, as usual, we have Angelica's Quote of the Week and Walter's Read of the Week. That will be coming up later in the show. If you want to call us, the number to reach us at is 517-884-4321. Again, that's 517-884-4321. Again, Dustin is on the phone lines. He's, like, gripping. He's, like, standing with a phone right now with anticipation. Patient. 
Nice. Um, waiting for your call to come in. You can also send us an email at twithbbp uh, at gmail.com. Or Angelica is personing the Mixler account there. So if you want to talk on Mixler and have her read something out loud, you may do that. But of course, of course, you're supposed to call in. That's what makes us a call-in interactive talk show, right? So uh, call in. Again, the number is 517-884-4321. Don't be shy. Put down those Pringles. Put down your box of popcorn and give us a call. All right. Actually, people aren't doing popcorn right now. They get, they're they're digging in their Halloween candy already. Mm, I know. Probably. So she's saying, put down the Snickers, put down the Kit Kats, put down the what else? Little Hershey Minis, and pick up the phone. Dial us. What's what's that Blondie song? Call me. Mm-hmm. Call me. Mm-hmm. Just call me. Call me anytime within the next hour. Okay. <laughs> All right, so our topic this week, should I go into the topic? Yes, please. Okay, the topic this week. <laughs> what? Gosh. God, I'm, what I'm, is I'm, the topic I'm, this I'm, week? I'm just, I'm going to have to talk to my doctor. I am. I, I, need, I need something. I really do. Okay. Sunshine. <sighs> yes, for well, that too. Okay. This week our topic is just how different are first language acquisition and second language acquisition. And I... I Brought up this topic. We've talked about it in the past, but not in any detail. We might do this over a couple of shows because I think it's really critical. Uh, everyone in second language teaching likes to underscore fundamental differences. And I actually talked about this in Chicago last week, um, that um, I am not sold on that L1A and L2A are different. As some of you out there know, I believe they are fundamentally similar. Now, why would I say that? Angelica, why would I say that? Walter, why would I say that? Why would I say they are fundamentally similar? Because you are very well informed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. And you do lots of research. Well, no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, but <laughs> but actually, when you sit down, I th- I think that people want to believe they are fundamentally different. That's what people want to believe. But if we look at what we know, okay, um, and and I have a take on this that might help people get through this. But we'll see. Maybe I'll, people call in and argue about stuff, and they can actually ask what the implications are for language teaching. But um, first of all, um, uh, both are dependent on the same kind of data. Both are dependent on input. Uh, both are slow, piecemeal, and stage-like. And often those patterns of being piecemeal and stage-like are remarkably similar. Do you mean they look like a stage? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, like a play? Yeah, let me awesome. entertain you. Yeah, one of those kind of things. Oh. Okay. And then both first language acquisition and second language acquisition are constrained by universal grammar. Both show evidence of the poverty of the stimulus and the same kind of poverty of the stimulus. Both are guided in similar ways by general learning architecture in addition to universal grammar. By the way, I'm talking about this in Minnesota tomorrow. Did you know that? Both involve, this is the biggie that people don't realize about first language acquisition. Both first and second language acquisition involve individual variation in rate and in some cases, success. How far you get? Both are resistant, if not impervious to, and I think impervious is different from resistant. Both are resistant, if not impervious, to external manipulation. That is, explicit instruction, practice, and correction. Uh, We'll get phone calls on that, I'm sure. Anyway, so as I see it, L1A and L2A are fundamentally similar at their core. There's something really that makes them very, very similar. Now, with that said, we could allow that there's something fundamentally different about first language and second language acquisition, right? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be the internal part. It would be the what? 
external part. Oh my gosh, Walter, you're so good. <laughs> you're so good, Walter. My gosh, you're so good. Thumbs up. Everybody, I want everybody out there in Mixler to put thumbs up on the little uh, emojis. Um, they may be fundamentally different in, in the part that's exterior to what how language is processed and stored. So things like motivation could be fundamentally different. Um, expectations, how it is that the outside world treats what you do and what they expect of you, um, and your own expectations of yourself. And if it took then a child, we can ask a three-year-old what his or her expectations are. All these things are external to the language part, but that doesn't mean they don't influence outcomes and other kinds of things. So, um, so and the other difference, of course, obviously, is you have a uh, first language when you're in a second language situation. But I don't think that changes the fundamental processes, the fact that you have a first language. Uh, just kind of gums up the works, as I like to call it. Anyway, so that's my take on that. We'd like for you to call in and tell us what you think and, and talk, us, talk to us about what you think the implications are for language teaching if L1 and L2 acquisition are fundamentally similar. Now, the, we, um, Luke, as you know, does a little Twitter survey. He twits around and surveys things. <laughs> and so we had people um, write in um, to say whether they thought um, L2 and L1 acquisition were the same or different. 35% said they were fundamentally different, and 65% said they were fundamentally the same. So um, people sort of agree with me if we're, not, if we're talking about the same thing. And we have a couple of uh, actually interesting things that came in on Twitter from that survey. Um, and then uh, Bud says, as long as we have something called L1 and L2, we are either consciously or unconsciously going to treat them differently. Um, yes, again, from an external perspective, but not from an internal perspective, because you cannot, you cannot do anything to your language system or your language processes. They exist outside of your awareness, and they're, they're going to operate independently of, of how you want to treat things and perceive things. So I would take slight issue with Bud, but I agree with the idea that you're going to feel that they're different somehow. And then actually Andrew brought up an interesting um, point too. He said if L1 and L2 learning are similar, then how can we account for fossilization? Does or can fossilization occur in L1 acquisition? Well, of course it can. Um, it's just a different kind of fossilization. If indeed fossilization exists. Did you all know that that's debated? Huh. A lot know. of people, yeah, a lot of people, uh, not a lot, I sound like a certain politician right now. Um, there are some scholars out there who disagree with the construct of fossilization and question whether it's actually a real construct. Um, and uh, it's a very, fossilization is a very, very difficult thing to show. We talk about it and there are people who say, oh, I've got this fossilized learner. But, you know, you can't, you can never prove fossilization um, because systems can change. We just, we just don't know if they don't because of lack of input, lack of interaction, or just a lack of motivation. Um, so, so that issue kind of gums up that question for Andrew. But it was a good question. All right. So what do we got going on here? Oh, I got to give the SLA question now. Okay, so I'm going to give the SLA question for you out there paying attention. This is so easy. Always. Always say that. <laughs> this is so easy. My dog can answer this. Okay. Hmm. What is the name of the hypothesis launched by Robert Blythe Roman in 1989 that argued against fundamental similarity between first language acquisition and second language acquisition? I shall 
repeat. What is the name of the hypothesis launched by Robert Bly Roman in 1989 that argued against fundamental similarity between first language acquisition and second language acquisition? I know someone out there is dying to call in with that answer and uh, win a prize on Tea with BBP. So do it. Call in. The number to reach us, Walter, is 517-884-43. Oh, man. 2-1. <laughs> oh, the Olsen twins blew it. I thought Olsen twins blew it. We need I to guess. practice some more. All right. Okay. Um, let's see here. Wally. 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 That's my nickname for you, Walter Wally. Wally with the peacock feathers over here. Okay. <laughs> what's your What's your read of the week? Do you have a read of the week while we're waiting for people to call in? I have kind of a read of the week. What is it? It's uh, It's more like a plug. Is that okay? Yes, plug is good. Like a hair plug, like that one you got in your forehead right there. <laughs> Where did you find this guy in Galaxy? I, I didn't. No, go you ahead. Did. <laughs> Just teasing. All right, here we go. So we have a very, um, a very long, well, since the beginning, and a very supportive listener whose name is Eric, and he has started a new website, or I guess it's called a Weebly. Well, Weebly is actually a, a site that does these kind of things. It's more, I guess it's like a blog, but yeah, it's a Weebly blog. Weebly blog. It's a Weebly blog. I don't know, Weebly. Anyway, and so he has put out his second uh, memo, I guess he's calling it, called Acquisition Classroom Memo, and uh, that came out on October 24th. My birthday. Ooh. That was this past Monday. Oh, that's right. I forgot to wish Walter a late, oh. belated oh, happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. We'll see okay. for him. Okay, we'll and later. anyway, so uh, so I would recommend that you go to his website and take a look at this. It's called Acquisition Classroom Memo. And uh, the website is www.acquisitionclassroom.weebly.com. Don't just type Weebly by itself because your computer will change it to weekly. But Weebly. W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. I know what we can do. Yeah. Why don't we have Luca put that up on the resource site so that people can go to it? All right, then. There it is. There's my plug of well, the week. Well, great. Well, did it, what was his topic this week? The topic this week was help us all to be lifelong learners. No, that's not the topic this week. <laughs> that's the subtitle. Because uh, he does da, readings da. every week. He told me he was going to do that. Well, he has a whole bunch of them here. No, no, that's uh, his reading right there. Look at it. Just go back. Go back. Go back. Go back, go Walter. Back. Go back. Go back. Everybody wants to know what we're doing. We're scrolling on Walter's I'm screen. I'm scrolling here. on the screen here. Uh, Keep going. Where is it? Right there. Delay and Bert. Okay, yes. So there, there are Delay and Bert. There are three articles here. Um, should we teach children syntax, errors and strategies in child second language acquisition, and natural sequences in child second language acquisition? They're there. So that, those are the uh, issues that are addressed in this past week or this week, I guess. And you, y'all know Eric's going to be at ACTFL, so you know, have this, yeah. That's actually very timely because those are the people who actually launched the L1 equals L2 acquisition hypothesis back in the early 70s. So 73, very, Eric, 74. Eric, you were reading my mind this week, Eric. Good for you. All right. Okay. Oh, guess who we have on the phone? Who do we have on the phone? We have Francesca from California. Francesca, are you on the line? I sure am, Bill. Yay. You know who Francesca is, Angelica? I think she's our lip sync winner. She's our lip sync winner from the Diva Lip Sync Contest last week. Congratulations, Francesca. 
Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to my dinner when I go to uh, Axel in Boston in about a month-ish. Well, great. Good, because I'm supposed to ask you on a date, so I'm officially asking you, will you go to dinner with me, Francesca? Yes, Bill, I will go to dinner with you con mucho placer. Con igualmente con mucho placer. What uh, you and I will, I'll send you an email, but um, what, don't send her an email. She didn't rep- reply to my email, Francesca. I am very disappointed. I oh, sent look, you a lovely a email. I, it's been what, quite a week. Care conferences, <laughs> union meetings. Dios mío. Ay, qué barbaridad. Okay, Francesca, was probably gonna have to be. Is it gonna be Thursday night or um, Saturday night? Because I have a Friday night booked already. So, but we'll talk. Okay. Okay. All right. I get in. I get into town on Thursday, so. Yeah, me too. Okay. okay. Listen, listen to you and me just telling everybody our business on the air. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you calling about, Francesca? Are you calling to say hi, or do you have a question for us, or are you gonna? No, uh, my class wanted to say something to you. Oh, okay, class. Did you hear that? I heard "ola" and then it kind of like became a big muffled crowd sound. Oh, okay. We'll try one more time. <laughs> yeah, they all watched my video. They all got a kick out of it. So, and I had a good time doing it. Well, you did a great job. Now the whole world can see you. Yeah, <laughs> I can be more more famous now than I've ever been. There you go. There you go. Well, so what are your class and you working on today? Anything fun? Oh, we're just learning about uh, the school. Everything to do with school. Oh, great, 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 great. So what level, what level class? Talk about their schedules. What level class is this? Espanol Uno. Espanol Uno. Pues que bien, que bien, que bien. Okay, Francesca, well, you have a good time with your class. We want to, you know, I don't want the union to come after you for spending your class time talking to me on the phone. I <laughs> <So>. know. <laughs> so. Okay, and then I'll reply to your email, Walter. Um, I don't know which email you sent it to, but I'll send you a message, and then you can just reply back to that. Sound right. good, Walter? Sounds great. <laughs> Take Is care, Is Angelica there today? Yes, I'm here. Oh, okay. Al Wiedersehen. Oh. Sehr schön. Auf Wiedersehen. Okay, and we'll see each other at Actful. <laughs> Okay, we will. Bye-bye. Safe travels. Bye-bye, Fred. Bye. Oh, I can see why now that, that, that diva lip sync video she sent in was so awesome. She's quite the personality. Love her. Love her. Love her. Love her. All right. All right. I'm going to repeat the SLA challenge question one more time before we take some emails. Okay, here's the question one more time. What is the name of the hypothesis launched by Robert Bly Roman in 1989 that argued against... Fundamental similarity between first language acquisition and second language acquisition. Call in and win a prize. It's easy, easy peasy, simple pimple. 517-884-4321. Thank you, Walter. Gee, I didn't even have to prod him on that one. Hey, I right. want to know your, your thoughts on this. Tell us more. Why? So do we, have, do we have anything on Mixler or email that we want to address while we're waiting for I have for an email question from Walter. I want a response on... What's your response to Blave Roman in 1989? Do we mean my response to him? Did you? I'm sure you've read the article, right? Of course, I have. I talked well, about it. On, I talked about it this last week in Chicago. Yeah. Well, so what do you talk about? How, how do you how do you respond to it? What's your rebuttal to their article? Uh, my rebuttal is that when you okay, in a nutshell, there's only one aspect of what he talks about that was based on any kind of empirical research. The rest were just Things people talk about, right, which you can't do in science. And, and they were largely external things like motivation and so on and so forth. 
Um, and so uh, the one thing that he talked about were called indeterminate intuitions, which means that whereas native speakers tend to agree more or less with each other and, and tend to be consistent in their judgments of sentences, whether they're good or bad sentences, non-native speakers may waffle. Um, that is now debatable uh, ever since the early 80s. In fact, we don't even do those kinds of tests anymore in, in what we're doing. So, um, so I'm not sure that forms a, a particular keystone or, or cornerstone of the hypothesis anymore. Anyway, so my argument is that um, if you look at the 2009 issue of Studies in Second Language Acquisition, I side with Julia Hershenson on this, that um, the, for all the reasons I mentioned earlier and other reasons, that the default hypothesis is that first language acquisition and second language acquisition are fundamentally the same. And you have to show us now how they're different at their core, which nobody's done yet. That I know of. Watch them is going to call in right now and argue with me. But go ahead, call in. That's what we're here for. I, yeah, I want to hear people. Uh, no one's calling. What's up with that? Come on. You scared Get them. On the phones. You scared them with your peacock costume. Read me <laughs> I'm ready for an email question. <laughs> Read here me it an is. email question. This is from Myra or Mita. I'm not sure which. Uh, but she says there's immersive naturalistic language acquisition, and then there's what happens in a classroom, and the two are not the same. This is a quote from, doesn't say who it's from, but anyway, she says, does this type of argument lend itself to explicit teaching of vocabulary and grammar? To what degree does the uniqueness of classroom instruction give teachers permission to dismiss SLA research? Dun, dun, dun. It, it doesn't because you can have a classroom look like naturalistic language acquisition if there's such a thing. Um, and people don't even know what immersive naturalistic language acquisition looks like anyway. It hasn't really been studied. People have this idea of what it is, but nobody's really gone out there with a microphone like Margaret Mead and just follow somebody around in the field doing naturalistic language acquisition. People get data on the outcome of it, but they actually don't follow. So you don't really know what that looks like. Um, and just because a classroom is a classroom doesn't mean a classroom has to be a classroom. Um, and so I, I, I think the premise that, that there's immersive naturalistic language acquisition and then there's what happens in a classroom, I don't necessarily buy that premise. Um, and even if that's true, the research I'm talking about that comes to the conclusion that both first language acquisition and second language acquisition depend on the input, they're both governed by universal grammar, they're both governed by learning constraints, um, there's both poverty, they, they both contain poverty stimulus situations where people come to know more than what they've been exposed to. I, the list goes on and on. Those are based on classroom and non-classroom learners as though the classroom, the context made no difference. So um, so my answer to, what was her last part? Does this type of argument, what was it, Walter? It says, to what degree does the uniqueness of classroom instruction give teachers permission to dismiss SLA research? It doesn't. It doesn't. And does it lend itself to explicit teaching of vocabulary and grammar? No. I mean, I mean, you can always do it if you want to, but it doesn't necessarily lend itself to that. Um, and you can't just, just because the classroom is a classroom doesn't mean you can dismiss SLA research because so much of the SLA research is also classroom research. It's all one and the same thing now. So, I mean, all the data come from both environments, both contexts. So, anywho, that's my answer. All right. That's my answer. All right. Jeez. I have a comment from Twitter real quick. Okay. What's your comment from Twitter? Ken wrote, just wanted to let you know that I really appreciate your show. I am a captain of SLA. He's a captain mm -hmm. of SLA. Mm -hmm. 
What does that mean? Ken, write us. What does is, what is the captain of SLA mean? I wonder what that means. Like, is, he's like a captain on a ship? Like I'm a captain sure. on a plane? Oh, my gosh. I want to know what that means now. That's kind of cool. <laughs> this was on Twitter or on, twi- uh, on Mixler? This was on Twitter. All right. Captain of SLA. Well, I like it. I like it, too. All right. I guess, you know, because there can only be one diva, so. True. But there can True. be multiple captains, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Kim. Well, thank you for that comment. Okay. Well, no callers. What's going on out there? I'm kind of upset. I'm kind of upset with our audience. Who's on there? 517-884-4321. Send them something right now, Mixler. Say, you better call in or I'm going to be mad. We're going to cancel our show at Actful. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a question here. Are you ready? Yeah. It's a bit long, but I'll try to try to make it as small as I possibly can. How's that? Uh, Here we go. Is it true? This is from Jody, and uh, she's from Washington. And it says, is it true? Washington, D.C. or Washington State? Washington State. I, I like to know these things. You know? Washington State. Is it true that you don't need to have comprehensible input to teach in a dual language classroom? It seems that the Center for Applied Linguistics listed that comprehensible input was a required principle in the listed principles of dual language. And when I really briefly asked Jim Cummins, he replied briefly that there needed to be a bridge between the two language silos. And then goes on to say, okay. There, there's a, a, a bunch of stuff that, uh, that is cited here. And she says, I feel in my heart that there needs to be comprehensible input because I see the dual language teachers in my elementary school treating the two languages separately and doing strict traditional teaching and never using any comprehensible input. These students cannot read in their L1. They still speak horribly and they do not have any joie de vivre. They're not speaking vivaciously. It's all a drudgery for these students. Anyway, she goes on. So the idea is, what do you think about dual language classrooms? Uh, Do they need comprehensible input? Uh, in the same way they would in in a second language classroom. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Um, it doesn't make a difference whether it's not dual immersion, or if it's single immersion, or if it's just a language, cl- a regular old language classroom. It doesn't make any difference. Um, you need input, and the input needs to be comprehensible for you to be able to make use of it. So I don't understand um, what what's going on there, where that issue came from. So what's her, we have to, we, I'm going to have to ask her. That's Jody you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to ask Jody where that's coming from because it just doesn't make any sense to me that somebody would tell her that the two need to be different. Maybe I'm missing something here in the question, but I can't think of anybody that um, I know of. Um, I can ask Kim Potowski this in Chicago who, who looks at dual immersions and immersion programs. Um, but I can't imagine a dual, I can't imagine they're not being engaged in content matter and comprehensible input and all kinds of things that are that work on communication and language acquisition. I just can't imagine that. So I don't, I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know. All right. I don't know. All right. We got a caller on the line here. We have Heidi from OR, which I am taking stands for Oregon, not oregano. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi, are you there? Yes. Hi, Bill. Hi. So I'm it correct. You're calling Oregon. from Oregon and not oregano, right? That's correct. <laughs> you know, I grew up in California. We used to call it oregano as kids. We used to go, oh, we got friends going up to oregano. So We have trouble with the pronunciation of our state. So many people want to say Oregon, 
So we have a special bumper sticker that helps people with the pronunciation, and it's spelled, what is it, O-R, I don't know, it says Oregon, O-R-Y-G-U-N, Oregon. Yeah, I've heard people say Oregon, that makes it sound like your state has disappeared. Okay, Ora is gone, like Oregon, no, 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 don't say it like that, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, well, you sang to me a couple weeks ago, I was at the COFEL conference and at a workshop, and we were all listening to you over lunch, and I was madly trying to eat my salad and, and get on the line and you saying, call me to me. <laughs> and I felt bad ever since then that I didn't make it to the phone. Oh, well, well <laughs> so I look. Thought I better call today. Hey, better late than never. Better All late right. than ever. So I got a quick question for you before you talk to me about what you want to talk to me. What are you doing for Halloween? Um, my daughter's having a Halloween party here and so we are decorating um, calaveras uh -huh. skulls awesome. and making giant peanut butter cups and that kind of stuff and I will be dressed up in my um, skeleton outfit as usual. Ooh. Did you say you're making giant peanut butter cups? Yes, giant, like in a tart pan. Do you think you could, you know, like send them through the mail? <laughs> oh, Walter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I could try. Walter, I'll put you on a plane to Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> he wants me gone. Oh. No, I don't. No, I love you more than my luggage. Okay. All right, Heidi. So what you calling about? Are you calling for the SLA question? I think so. I think I have the answer. All right. Well, let me say the question for our viewing and listening audience. I say viewing because okay. we got people in the glass wall. They're looking at the <laughs> three of us. Um, okay. So here we go. What is the name of the hypothesis launched by Robert Bly Roman in 1989 that argued against fundamental similarity between first language acquisition and second language acquisition? Heidi, take it away. I believe it is called the fundamental difference hypothesis. See how easy that yeah. was? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. If it's not fundamental similarity, it's got to be fundamental difference. By the way, let me just remind people that when I say fundamental similarity, I do not mean the same, right? Mm-hmm. When, when, I talk, when we say fundamental similarity, it doesn't mean things are exactly the same. It means they're just fundamentally similar. Um, so anyway, which is different from fundamental difference. Fu fundamental difference to me sounds like, like there's just no wiggle room, right? But anyway. Right. Well, I like to try to tell my kids um, in my classes, I say things like, the way that you're learning in this class, is that you're getting the word put in the right places in your brain so that when you go to speak, they're all in the right spot. So I, I always think of that as a similarity between language learning between first and second language. You've got to get those words in that word web, in that word net in your brain. You know, and that's actually not a bad metaphor because that's actually what winds up in your head. Part of what winds up in your head is this vast network of interconnected lexical items. Um, and that's actually how grammar grows over time, too, is because of that lexical network. Mm -hmm. so. I kind of learned that from you, Bill. Well. Oh. <laughs> oh. I love you guys. Can well. I do a quick shout-out to a few of my colleagues that love you guys, too? Sure. Nicole, French teacher, and Marianne, uh, another, my other Spanish teacher, mis colegas. I love those girls, and we all listen to you and chat about you, all the things you guys teach us all the time. Oh, well, great. Well, that's a great shout-out. Thank you so much, Heidi. D did you give Dustin your information so we can send you a prize? Nope. Mm -mm. No? Okay, so Dustin's going to get your information after, so don't hang up. Yay. And uh, will you be at ACTFL? Will we see you at ACTFL? Not this year. Oh, okay. I, I went to San Diego last year. It's kind of far away for me this year, but, um, and we had such a good conference in Oregon this year. I feel complete. Like, 
I feel good. Yeah, because did you go to the one where Karen was at and Mikey? Mm-hmm. And, oh, I was good. at her workshop, exactly. Good for you. Yep. Good for you. Yeah. Okay, well, stay in the line. Dustin's ready to take your information down, and we'll get a present out to you soon. I'm going to make All right. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks, Thanks for bye-bye. calling, Bye-bye. Heidi. Bye. Yay. We got somebody who won the SLA Challenge question. Does that mean I get to give the Diva question now? I think you should. Now that somebody's... Okay. Here's the Diva, here's the Diva Challenge question. Oh, my God. This is all so easy. I bet Walter can answer mm. this. <laughs> I doubt it. Okay, here it goes. Ready? What R&B diva from the 1960s and later years made her film debut in Lady Sings the Blues in 1972? Okay, so what R&B diva from the 1960s and later years made her film debut in Lady Sings the Blues in 1972? All right, before we take another caller, Angelica, you have to give us your quote of the week. Yes. Okay. My quote of the week this week is from Patsy Lightbound. Yay, Patsy. Mm-hmm. I think we've quoted her before, haven't we? I know, we? yeah. <laughs> this is from her 1984 article titled Input and Acquisition in Second Language Classrooms. It appeared in Tessel Canada Journal, Volume 1, Number 2. And here goes the quote. This is in the conclusion, actually. What happens in a classroom is not necessarily what the teacher thinks it's is happening, or even, for that matter, what the students think is happening. Whoa, so what is it? Oh, that's good. Say that again. I like that one. What happens in a classroom is not necessarily what the teacher thinks is happening, or even, for that matter, what the students think is happening. Mm. Yep. Yep. I buy it. Yep. I like that quote. Right? Yep. That's so true. Half the time, we don't know. We, th- You know, that's because... We're just bad self-introspectioners, introspectors, whatever the mm-hmm. word is. <laughs> and we have bad memories. We think, oh, that class went great, and this happened, that happened. But the moment-by-moment analysis is quite different than what we actually remember. It's like that Barbra Streisand song. So it's the laughter we will remember. You know that song? You don't always remember everything. You remember certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then students sometimes, yeah. I, I, good quote. I like that. Good job. Thank you. All right, um, we've got, um, let me just repeat the Diva Challenge question real quick before we take another phone call. I think there's one coming in. What R&B diva from the 1960s and later years made her film debut in Lady Sings the Blues in 1972? God, this is such an important, iconic event when it happened. I can't believe the phones aren't ringing off the hook for that one. That was like, that was just like, you know, come on. I know you millennials out there weren't around, but still. This is part of your, your, your cultural knowledge history. You need to know this stuff. All right. Um, we have, oh, well, speaking of the Diva Challenge question, we have a phone call that looks like it might be to answer that question. We have Lauren calling from Illinois. Lauren, are you on the line? Yes. Hey, Lauren. Welcome to Tea with BVP. How are you doing? Hey. Good. How are you? I'm good. What part of Illinois are you calling from, may I ask? Uh, Round Lake. So suburbs of Chicago, but practically Wisconsin. I was going to say, if I remember Round Lake, it's practically Wisconsin. You might as well just say you're from Milwaukee. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, because, you know, I I taught in Urbana for a long time, and then I taught in Chicago for a long time before I I left the state of Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. So, all right. You're here to answer the diva question? Yes. And I was just really happy to call in because normally I'm teaching right now, but we have a 12-hour parent-teacher conference day. So you guys are the highlight of my day. (laughs) The parents Aww. aren't the highlight of your day, Laura? <laughs> well, 
I've seen one all day. Ah, so, okay. Yeah. Well, let me repeat the question for everybody out there listening, and then you can give the answer. So what R&B diva from the 1960s and later years made her film debut in Lady Sings the Blues in 1972? Take it away. Diana Ross. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. Yeah, of course. Did you know that, Angelica? No, I looked it up. <laughs> now, Lauren, did you I know that? I also looked it up. I, guess <laughs> I was just going to ask you, Lauren. I thought maybe you did. I thought maybe you did. Yeah, that was a pretty iconic moment um, when, because you know, she had left the Supremes a few years before that, and then she was, you know, because did anybody know the movie Dream Girls or the stage yep. play Dream Girls? Mm-hmm. You know, it's based oh, on yeah. the Supremes. And the Beyonce character in the movie is, is loosely based on the Diana Ross character. So, anyway, just so you all know that. See, I know a lot of things about a lot of things, Walter. Did you know that? I did know yeah. that. I did know that, yeah. Well, Lauren, thank you for calling in. Um, did you give your information to Dustin? Yeah, thank you. Great. So, Dustin. Uh, not yet. Okay, well, Dustin, will stay on the line. Don't hang up. Dustin will get your vital signs, your blood pressure, and all that kind of stuff. And um, then he, we will send you out a prize. Thanks for calling in, Lauren. Okay, thank okay. you so much. Have a great much. afternoon. Lauren, bye-bye. Bye. Be good, bye-bye. Thanks, bye. Yeah, Lady Sings the Blues. Okay. Yeah, I remember that because it was a big battle that year. They, um, uh, Liza Minnelli was nominated for Cabaret, and um, Diana Ross got nominated for Lady Sings the Blues, and guess who won? <laughs> All right. Okay, so um, I can't tell if there's a phone call coming in or not. Is there a phone call coming in? I can't tell. What's that screen say? Those I have of you, a question, though. Th- okay, well, you ask me your question, and then... Um, so this is from Lance from Mixler. Lance from Mixler. Yep. He says, L1 seems to be first, we listen, then speak, then read, then write. L2 capitalizes on the ability to decode and seems to be first, we listen, then read, then write, then speak. Do you agree with this? So L1 is listen, speak, read, write. L2 is listen, read, write, speak. It's just like Yentl says, where is it written? Right? Where is it written that it has to be that way? The, the, and there, there are, because there are some programs, and I mean, there are some people who learn second language without any literacy. Um, and it doesn't have to be, or, I mean, you can have any order you want in second language acquisition. Um, the fact that we rely on literacy is just something we do. Um, it doesn't mean that, and, and I'm not even sure what that has to do with anything. That doesn't affect the fundamental processes or the fundamental similarity. So um, it, you still, again, all the things I talked about earlier are still the same, whether you listen first or read first or listen first and then speak, or it doesn't make any difference what you do. Um, the similarities are going to still be there at their core. Again, these are the external differences that we're talking about, not the things that are internal to language acquisition. And that's what we get people to understand. People want to make second language acquisition different than what it really is at its core. Um, and so that's really at the, that, that's at the center of what... Um, of what we're trying to get at today and in future shows as well. So but so thanks for that question, Lance. That was a good one. All our questions are good. We've got good, we've got good listeners. I like that they're paying attention. I'm getting a, a message here from Luca that we're having some phone issues. So if uh, you all are trying to get in, um, I don't know what's going on with the phone lines, but we will keep talking. We will try to entertain you the best we possibly can. Walter, are you falling asleep over there? Mm-hmm. I'm so tired. Oh, JC. See? <laughs> see how Walter, well played. See well how Walter played. steals all my lines. Mm-hmm. Go. They're so good. I know. 
And what's the other one? I love you more than my luggage. Can you say that? I love you more than my luggage. There you go. And I'm having an Alice moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Lots of those. Yeah. <laughs> you are my Alice moment, Walter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I think the um, I think the phone lines are working again. So let's see. I think we have a caller. Oh, my God. This is not a caller, but a group of callers. Is that what I understand correctly? It's a group of callers. It looks, what I'm seeing on my screen is it's a Spanish three high school class from Ooh. Illinois. Is that correct? Are you on the line? Yes, sir. Knoxville, Illinois. Oh, Knoxville. Awesome. Wow. So who's, uh, who's captaining or, or personing the phone here? Who am I talking to? Uh, you're talking to a student. My name is Valentin Mercado. I'm sorry, what's your I'm first name? I'm sorry, what's your first okay. name again? Valente. Valentine. Okay. Valente. And um, I'm here with my Spanish teacher, Profe Crawford. Oh, great. Say hi, Profe. Hello. Hello, Profe. Hello. So, Valente, what are you guys doing? Are you just hanging out today? You're gonna talk to us. You have a yeah, question? Yeah, listening to your station. Wanted to talk with you. We and uh, we're actually somewhat uh, first-time listeners, and we so far really enjoy your uh, station on SoundCloud. And well, great. And we just enjoy uh, your words of encouragement on input. Well, good, 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 because um, you're living proof that these things, I mean, I know for people like a lot of students, it doesn't feel that L1 and L2 acquisition are the same on the inside, but they are. They, they feel different on the outside, but they really are different. They really are the same on the, or not, or not exactly the same, but fundamentally similar on the inside. So, so I'm glad you're sticking with us. So you're going to take more Spanish when you're done with Spanish 3? Definitely. Um, I have one more year of high school to do. I plan on doing Spanish 4, and then when I go off to college, I plan on taking Spanish college or Spanish classes in college as well. Well, come on over to Michigan State University. Yeah, I was, I was just going to ask you, what are you thinking about <laughs> going to college? Valente, what are you yeah. thinking about going to college? Um, anywhere that I get asked to go to. I mean, I've gotten some college letters, but Michigan would be nice. It's a pretty state. It is. Well, you know, there's some good schools in Illinois, too, so. Sure. Yeah, I taught a couple of them, so. So who uh, else is in your class? Anybody else is going to say hi or talk to us? You want to talk in? Hi. Anybody? Hi, everyone. Somebody else talk to There we go. They're a little nervous. <laughs> we can get them to, to say a little bit about what they can say in Spanish. Oh, they don't have to talk in Spanish. You're going to put they them don't the have spot. to talk in Spanish, but just to, I know that I've heard them talking while they were waiting for you guys to pick up, and they were saying about what they can do with their Spanish. So in our classroom, I use TPRS and CI mostly, and uh, I was at IFLT, and actually my Twitter picture is with you, DVP. <laughs> From the summer, I don't know if you remember me. When we were, in, Chatt- when we were, in, we were in Chattahoochee? Yeah, well, that's exactly where we were. Okay, because you know, you have to forgive me if I don't exactly remember, because I think I took like 200 selfies that weekend. <laughs> I know you did. I know you did. I know. It's okay. But um, if I could just get somebody to say what you, what you know or how you feel, how you can communicate in Spanish. In your second, as a second language. Okay, he said he can carry on a basic conversation. Uh-huh. 
talk to people at the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> there you go. That's valuable. I mean, I'm getting an A in class. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm getting an A in class because we know how important that is. Yes, of course. Very important. Oh, was able to get directions in a Spanish-speaking country. Uh-huh. We were able to speak with uh, just native people. The native in Chicago, we could speak. <laughs> uh, we went to the National Museum uh, Mexican Art in Chicago, and that was a good time. So oh, we got to yeah. we got to use our Spanish in the restaurant there. Well, great. Well, good for you guys. That's wonderful. That's wonderful because you know Spanish is one of my native languages, so I'm always supportive of people learning Spanish. You know, so. Unfortunately, it's the only language they, they get here. It's Spanish or Spanish. Well, I, again, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I'm going to be, it'd be nice. Or nothing. It'd, be, uh, it'd be nice to offer the languages, but yes, long, you know, if you've got Spanish, as, as Angelica just said, it's better than nothing. So, um, yeah. And you no, know, it's actually great. I think it's great. Well, good for you guys. So, when are we going to see you again? Are we going to see you at ACTFL or are we going to see you at another conference? Oh, summertime. It's hard to get away. Okay. Yeah, because I love them so much. There you I go. love these guys that are in front of me. I love them so much. I can never leave them. Well, I will be. I will be at both IFLT this next summer and also NTPRS back to back. So very cool. yeah. So I'll we'll probably have, get one of them. We'll have to get another. We'll have to get another selfie together. Yeah, maybe you can bring some coasters. There maybe you. one of those bags. I could do something. <laughs> I could probably do something. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, like like we said to like we said to uh, who was it who called in from Valentine. Oregon? Oh. No, from Oregon. We don't want to keep on the phone too long because we don't want you get in trouble with your principal for spending all your class time talking to us on the phone. He's actually it's okay. Like I told I told him we were going to do this and I got it approved. Oh well, good. Okay, well, good. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm still going to let you go because we've got other things yeah. we got to do here. So, um, well, thanks for calling in. Thanks, Spanish three class. Thanks, Valente, for taking the. We love you. Okay, love you too. <laughs> Have a great Halloween, kids, and be safe. Be right. safe. Thanks for taking our call, guys. Uh, be safe on Halloween. Don't do anything dumb. Okay? I'll try not to. All right. Uh, no, not just you. Everybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. 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 Yay. I love it when classes call in. I love it. I love students. I love all students, all ages. I do. I'm a sucker for students. I am. I just, I just love students. I love being in the classroom with students. Um, okay, so uh, what uh, what questions do we have coming up, uh, Walter, that you haven't read to me yet that I need to address? I have none. I got one. You got one? Yeah. Because I, I was I, there was there was one more. Um, no, there, I, th- I thought I had another comment here from Twitter, but I don't. Okay, so what do you have? This is from Mixler. Sean is asking. Yay, Sean! Now, how do you spell Sean with that? S E A N. Not a S H A W N? Nope. I like to know these things. I like to know who I'm talking Sean to. Sean Patrick. Is it Sean or is it Shan? See, that's how you do that. Shan okay. is. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. At Push. any rate, Sean, Sean is asking How do we avoid pronunciation errors caused by the neuro associations we have between letters and sounds in our L1? Um, we can't. Um, what's the first part of it again? 
How do we avoid pronunciation errors caused by the neuro associations we have between letters and sounds in our L1? First of all, don't think of them as errors. Just think of them as transitional things that people got to do anyway. Um, and this is the one aspect of second language acquisition that, that is really uh, least understood is why the sound system is much more affected by L1 influence than anything else in the, in, in the language system. Um, so, um, and I think that part of the problem is, again, who was said earlier about the sequencing, listening, reading, blah, blah? I mean, just don't let them read for a while. <laughs> just get them, let them do oral work for a long time. There's actually um, some work in Chinese on this because because the writing system is so different um, that people are some people are experimenting with delaying the writing system so that they can get them closer to some kind of speaking proficiency before they introduce writing system. And nobody's talked about this, but I have a feeling it is probably um, having a positive impact on pronunciation in terms of getting them faster to a Chinese-like sound system than if they were, I mean, obviously with characters, you know, you're not, you, you can't do that. But even if you use Roman alphabet um, to bootstrap yourself into the Chinese system, um, then, you know, uh, that would cause a problem. So, yeah, so. Great, thank you. I don't, you know, yeah, I don't know. I've never been big on reading a lot early on. I just think it gets in the way. Mm. I think it gets in the way, it does. Um, so I know, I know people disagree with me on that, but it just does. At least if you're worried about acquisition, so. Yes, indeed he do. What, Walter? I was just thinking, yeah, I was thinking about what you're saying. Thinking of, you know, students who hear como te llamas probably a hundred times, but, you know, in the first week of their, their first week of Spanish, and then they see it written, and then they start saying, como te llamas, mm -hmm. me llamo. Yep. Right. You know? The one I always crack up at is they hear, you know, you do all this oral empathy with the family, and they hear, hermano, hermana, hermano, hermana. And they say, hermano, hermana in class. And, and, and you say, tienes hermanos o hermanas? And they go, hermanos. And then the minute they start looking in the book or start reading it, then all of a sudden they say, hermano. Mm -hmm. yep. I'm like, where'd that come from? Because they're reading it, and now all of a sudden they're doing something weird. So Sean actually has a follow-up question, and he's asking, um, what do you recommend, how long do you do um, speaking only? So, I mean, at what point, I guess, would you do reading? I, that's a good question. I, you know, I, as long as you, as you want to delay it, as long as it feels, I mean, these are all things that nobody knows. Nobody's experimented or worked with these things. That'd be a good research project, Sean. Re no, really, that'd be a good action research project. Delay it for a year and see what happens, and then delay it for two years and see what happens, and compare. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Um, anywho, that's that. I don't I'm going to try it. You're going to try what? Delaying. Yeah. No I'm, reading. No re Yeah, my blessing. Try it and see what happens. Okay. No homework. No homework. <laughs> mm, yep. Yeah, I mean. Only yeah. listening homework. Yeah, only listening homework. Can you imagine if you only had listening homework? You just clicked on a thing and listened, and you had to press A or B or one or two or something like that. And yeah. Give you a response. And yeah, I mean, you know. I'm going to try it out. Yeah, because I'm trying to think if there's, there hasn't been that I know of. Um, searching my brain, the wheels are turning. <laughs> um, I can't think of any study in which people have looked at the effects of delayed reading on pronunciation. Now, nah, it could be I just don't know the literature, but I, I, I know I know the, um, no, 
I, I'm no, I'm not gonna say that either. Okay, no, I can't think. Of, <laughs> I can't think of any research on that. So that would be a good project. That would that would be worth looking at. I think that'd be a, yeah. So Walter, get on that. All right, Walter, just get on. I want you to do that research. Start tomorrow. Put in <laughs> put in an IRB proposal tomorrow. And let's get going on that. All right, sounds good. There you go. We'll do it. All right. So what? No questions. No more comments. What? Yeah, I got nothing. Gosh, what's going on out I know, there? Right. You know what it is? It's Halloween. It's Halloween. Not everybody's, yet. everybody's getting ready for Halloween. They're not paying attention to L2 stuff. They're, you know, they're all in costumes. They're just thinking about what they're going to do this weekend. Did anybody see the Real O'Neills this week? They had their Halloween show. Oh my God, it was so funny. It was <laughs> so funny. Here, I have a question. What? How do you feel about Escamilla's definition of meta language within the context of SLA? And here's the definition. What? Thinking and talking, and in the case of biliteracy, understanding the relationship between and within languages. What do you think, BBP? Say that, say that again. The definition? Yes. Thinking and talking, and in the case of biliteracy, understanding the relationship between and within languages. Well, that's one definition of meta language. I mean, metal, the actual definition of meta-language is just being able to talk about language, to cognize about language. So to be able to say, hey, that's a subject, that's a verb, or, or to say, you know, be able to verbalize something about language. That's what meta-language is, using language to talk about language. So this definition is as good as any. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know who Escamilla is. Um, let's see. So thinking and talking, and in the case of biliteracy, understanding the relationship between and within languages. Escamilla 2014. I, I don't know where that comes from. But yeah, I mean, why not? Thinking and talking about the relationship between and within languages. Yeah, that's, that's, that fits the larger definition of meta-language. If you're talking about language, you're meta-languagizing. Can I say meta-languagizing? You have a PhD. You can make words up. <laughs> no, I have a language that I can make words up. See? That's not part of meta-language, being able to make words up. We were in my class today, and I can't remember what word get made up. Oh, here's tell me this, viewing, or viewing, listening audience. Do you uninvite someone or you disinvite someone? Uninvite. Okay, because if you listen to the political stuff going on on TV in this last week or two, people have been using the word. These are commentators, politicians, news. I've been hearing disinvite. Huh. They're talking about people being disinvited to a rally or disinvited to a conference or disinvited to a public appearance. I'm going, where did disinvite come from? I've only ever heard uninvited. In fact, it was a movie called The Uninvited. Not the disinvited, but the uninvited. <laughs> of so, course there was. I don't know where disinvited came from. Huh. So anyway, I just thought that was odd. Isn't there a difference between dis and un? No. Some, no. Now we're using meta-language to talk about <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, well, the show's, this show's wrapping up. It's time to give our acknowledgments anyway. So I'm going to leave that with the audience. You can, if you can find out about the difference between unlike and dislike, I mean, unlike, uninvite and disinvite. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let me do my acknowledgments before I just lose my, my train of thought here. <laughs> Alice moment. Okay, we want to thank our technical producer, Daniel Trego, for all his work on the keyboard over there. Our media producer, Luca Japoni who is always sending me those little things on the screen. That's great. The talented and trusted <laughs> call handler, Dustin DeFelice. Our wonderful assistant production manager, Jeff Maloney. The College of Arts and Letters at Michigan State University, especially our Dean Christopher Long. 
Uh, and uh, we actually have a new podcast site. So go to the college's website here at MSU and check into the podcasts that our dean is launching. It's really cool. Um, as a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Letters, any of our sponsors, or any other official entity of Michigan State University. And of course, we thank all of you listeners out there as well, except for you who didn't call in today. We want you to call in. All right, Daniel, cue the music. There we go. Here's our ending music. When this music comes on, that means we're going out. Okay, so we have a surprise topic for you next week. So until then, have a great weekend. Have a great beginning of the next week. It'll be November 1st. Have a safe, safe Halloween and happy second language acquisition to everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Okay, you do not sound like the Olsen twins when you do that. Okay, now you look like the Olsen twins and sound like the Olsen twins. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>